Hey everyone, you're watching the Lively Charleston Podcast. Our goal with the show is to interact with and tell the stories of the amazing people, places, and businesses that make Charleston the best city in the world. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And check us out on Instagram and Facebook where we post content regularly throughout the week. What's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Lively Charleston Podcast. You are in for a treat today as we have a very special guest. One of my best friends in the entire world, uh, a guy that I've known for almost 20 years now. We're going to talk about his story on how he moved to Charleston and has started a business that now has multiple locations all across the city and is having a positive impact on over a thousand kids at this point across the entire Charleston area and how he has no signs of slowing down. He's going to tell the story about how he had some early successes as a child that translated into the confidence that he used as an entrepreneur to experience success in that as well, and how he's built some of those traits into his current program. It's a really, really awesome episode. I think you're going to like it a lot, and I'm very excited. Enjoy. All right, brother. Welcome officially to the Lively Charleston podcast, man. It has been way too long, but uh, happy we finally made it. We are here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to uh, jam today. Absolutely, man. So we have um, we have a lot to talk about today, my friend. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to get into, uh, you've been a pretty active guy. You've been making an impact on the Charleston community, on, you know, tomorrow's leaders, you know, kids all across the city. Uh, you've been doing a lot there. So we're going to get into all that. Mm -hmm. um, you have a really cool new project that you've been working on that's uh, is basically released here, but, you know, kind of still grassroots. Uh, so that's really exciting. But before we get into all that, let's take it back. Let's go. Uh, you and I go way back, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, you can you can go back as far as you want. How about, I'm going to leave that <laughs> open ended. Yeah. And uh, let's learn a little bit more about you, just kind of your background and and how you got you know here to Charleston. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, grew up not too far from here. I grew up in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I uh, started Taekwondo when I was seven years old, just because I wanted to be a Ninja Turtle and loved kicking a punch. And so my parents put me in a program. The only program there was basically a YMCA style program. And I did it. I loved it. I loved going. I went, you know, five days a week and practiced. And uh, and then I saw the Olympics on television, 1996, saw the Olympics. And I'm asking my parents about, you know, what's going on. And they're like, these are the best athletes in the world. Um, this is the, 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 the pinnacle of sports um, in the world is the Olympics. And I was like, well, I want to be the pinnacle of sports. Like, I want to, to do that. So uh, my parents really started pushing me. So they were like, hey, look, Olympians eat, you know, they eat right. They drink a lot of water. They wake up early and work out. They're not doing this, you know, one practice a day at the YMCA type thing. They're, they're doing multiple practices. So, um, I mean, as a 10 and 11-year-old kid, I started waking up early, going on runs in the morning, and my parents just really supported me. So I'm very thankful that my parents pushed me uh, to do more and started competing a little bit uh, heavier at that point, started uh, traveling up and down the East Coast to compete. Uh, ended up going to my first nationals in 1997, I believe, and ended up winning gold my first year. So, uh, awesome. and it, yeah, purely one of those, like, didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that kind of a thing. I uh, just worked super hard and I had parents that pushed me and believed in me. So like, I, it helped me believe in myself. So very thankful for that. And um, just started competing, training full-time, wanted to really uh, push to try to make the Olympic team and um, had an offer to move to Colorado to train full-time. So I actually ended up uh, graduating high school a year early. So I went to school three years, uh, joined the military, went to basic training, AIT, was an athlete in the world-class athlete program, and then moved to Colorado when I was 18 years old. And that's where we uh, enter you into the picture. And <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. All right, hey, great episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> 
No, dude, awesome. So you um, so you experienced some success early on. Wanted to be a Ninja Turtle. Who's your favorite? Uh, Donatello. Oh, nice, because of the, the Bo Staff. The Bo Staff and the Don and Donovan. Donatello. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. All right, he was my favorite too. I don't, I don't even, I didn't nice. even put that together. I just like he was smart and you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Kept his kept his cool most of the time. Most of the time. Um, awesome. Okay, so you wanted to be Ninja Turtle. Uh, you win nationals at eleven, so like you get some success early on. That's that's all you really know, right? Yeah. You keep kicking butt, um, and then you join the army, which um, you know, for people that don't know, there's not a whole lot of money in taekwondo. So that's right. like that's really the closest thing we had to being a professional athlete in our sport. Yeah, absolutely. So like, how how did you end up making that decision? You know, was that a tough decision because you're moving halfway across the country, seventeen years old, moving away from your parents? Like, how was that? Yeah. Uh, honestly, not really a tough decision. So um, started training. Uh, David Bartlett was my coach out at the Olympic Training Center and, and WCAP. And he uh, he has family in Greenville, South Carolina. So I started my senior year in high school, started driving up there on the weekends to train with him and train with his family. And he was going to leave there. He was visiting and was going to leave and go back to the army out in Colorado. And he was like, hey, man, you should do this. Like, you should totally, you know, consider doing this full time. Uh, so, again, you know, me being at that point, 17 years old, uh, my dad was in the military, so I always looked up to soldiers and, and people that serve our country. I just thought, you know, they're heroes, uh, still do. And um, so I have an opportunity to, to serve my country and do something that I'm passionate about. I'm going to get paid to literally do Taekwondo. Um, so for me, it was pretty easy, man. I didn't even, like, tell my parents. I literally just, like, went to the recruiter station and joined. Um, as soon as I found out that it was actually a possibility for me, uh, never even thought twice. Like, I didn't even tell most of my friends. I just went and joined the military and, and told them later. Just went and signed the paper, huh? <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm off. I'm out of here. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, so then you end up in Colorado, a work-less athlete program. It was there, just like the Olympic Training Center. So you're doing a lot of altitude training, mm-hmm. um, you know, training with the best in the world. Um, how, how, fast did you, how fast did you grow from where you were training in small town Orangeburg to now – I mean, you have every resource available to you. You have the highest trainers, athletes, coaches, peers. What was that process like? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was a dream come true. Got to go out there and, like you said, train full time. Uh, at that point, every one of my teammates was a lot better than me. Uh, I pretty much got beat up every day. Uh, but trial by fire, I was getting better and getting better. Yep. Uh, but actually, I didn't transition super easy from being a junior athlete to an adult athlete. Um, you know, as you know, my first five years at nationals, I lost first fight five years in a row, always to the gold medalist. It was like a running joke. Uh, if, if someone beat me in the first round, they were going to go on to, to win national. You did have some day. tough draws. You very had some tough, tough draws early yeah, on. Yeah, very tough draws. But then, uh, you know what? For me, though, it, it taught me perseverance. It taught me just to, like, keep the head down, keep doing the work. You're not getting the result right now, but if you keep working, you eventually will. Um, so, like I said, five years, first round loss at nationals, five years in a row. Uh, but then the next three years, it's like in the finals at nationals every right. single year. Just right. keep, uh, keep your head down, keep doing the work. And that's... I really look at WCAP as an amazing experience that I got to serve my country and be an athlete. However, I really think it was like mental training for me, setting me up to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can definitely see how, you know, it's almost like, especially like you said, it's first round. It's like getting Federer or Nadal first round every year. And you're like, it's hard to gauge where you're at because you're like, well, I lost, but like I lost to that guy. Right. Yeah. And they're close matches. Most times I think four or five years was in overtime. So it's like. It's right there. Right there. You're right there, but it just wasn't good enough yet, you know. Okay, so uh, so you trained, and and um, your mission in the army is you know every all, all different army jobs they have a mission, right? So your right. mission was to train for the Olympics. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you go, and, and what was the last um, what was the last I guess interval that you trained for? 
Yeah. So for me, it was the Olympics for the 2012 Olympic Games in London. Um, I my, my final year being a military athlete was my best year. I won nationals, athlete of the year, uh, collegiate nationals, collegiate team trials. I mean, it was a great year. Uh, but at Olympic trials in my third fight, I actually tore my ACL, my MCL and my meniscus. Uh, so not a good way to finish it out. But um, so, you know, it was a lot of rehab. But at that point, I had been in the Army eight years. So my eight year contract was up. So for me, it was either all right, well, you're here for, you got to re-sign into the military again, and you're here until the 2016 Olympics, um, or you got to figure out what you're going to do. And at that point, I'd been gone long enough that I was just ready to come home. You're ready, you're ready to hang them up. Yeah. Got it. And I remember, actually, I remember in that tournament, um, you, yeah, you definitely went out with a bang, just blew up the whole knee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just blow up every, every ligament in that thing. Um, but in that same one, I think that's the one where you, you fought against Mark, who eventually won that tournament. And then he went on to get the silver medal in the Olympics. Is that right? So he got the silver in 08. Oh, uh, that was 08. Yeah, okay, 08. Yeah, but he he was my second fight and uh, at Olympic trials. And then um, that year, TJ won um, Olympic trials and ended up going on to get bronze. Oh, so, he got, uh, got it. Still a stacked, uh, very stacked division of competitors. But, but you fought, I, I remember they were like one-point matches. Like yes. they could have gone either way. Yeah, Mark was 2-1. It's a slim margin for error there. Yes. Got it. Okay, so we transition from Taekwondo and, um, and through a lot of that, um, you know, you and I are roommates. And so we're, we're, we're young, you know, training, having, having a good time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being, being young guys. Um, but at that point, you know, you're ready to come home. Yes. So, so you moved back and you decided Orangeburg was not where you're at. <laughs> not the place. No. Yeah. I wanted, knew I wanted to come to Charleston. Uh, I considered moving to Greenville at first because I, I liked the area. I'd been there for a couple months before, uh, but really just want to be the Charleston. I'm a, I, I love Charleston growing up and visiting, uh, love the beach, love the water, love being on the boat. So for me, it was kind of a no brainer to come here. Got it. Okay. Uh, so you moved to Charleston. Um, you and I continue to stay in touch and then, you know, so w- we had some, some guys who were, um, some friends, some peers, some guys from back at the, uh, at the training center who were having a lot of success with uh, a business model, right? right? And we were friends with them. And then, so maybe tell the story about how that kind of developed. Yeah, absolutely. So um, at that point, like I said, I moved back to Charleston or moved home and moved to Charleston. And I just took a couple months off. Again, after uh, injuring my knee at Olympic trials, um, I just kind of needed some self-reflection time. Like I've been building up for this one moment and then my knee blows out, right? So like not exactly the ending I imagined. Uh, So between rehabbing and, and just kind of figuring things out, took some personal time and then decided, all right, I need to do something with my life. Uh, I'm passionate about martial arts. I'm passionate about fitness and working out and and I like working with people. So I decided, Hey, I'm going to, you know, potentially open a gym or open a martial arts school. And I remember reaching out to you, you were still in Colorado at the time. And you're like, dude, why don't, you know, why don't we potentially do this together? You're like, you should move here. And I was like, eh, I'm not really into moving to Colorado. I I got here. I love Charleston. You should come check it out. And you're like, I don't know about that. But I was like, Hey, look, regardless, my birthday's in like two weeks, come on down. We'll have a good time. We'll talk it out. And, uh, you came down two weeks later. And I think after day one, you were ready to move here. (laughs) (laughs) You put the full court press on me in all fairness. You like you had, you pulled out all the tricks. Yes, for sure. Uh, So you definitely, uh, put on a full scale recruiting pitch there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it worked. It was, uh, here we are basically sold all my stuff and was like, all right, we're going to Charleston. Yep. Um, so, but your vision from day one, um, was, I mean, you'd always said that even before you moved back was like, I I just want to teach, teach kids Taekwondo. Like, that's just what I want to do. And you thought about, you know, some different, different options, but like that part was always pretty clear. Yes, um, absolutely. And so Charleston Taekwondo was born. Yes. Um, and then how's, how does that kind of come about? How does that start? And then, you know, tell us a little bit more about maybe, maybe the very beginning of that. And then, um, you know, what some of that process has been like. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we started CrossFit Frequency and Charleston Taekwondo at the same time. The goal was uh, CrossFit Frequency would serve the parents, help them get in better shape and be more fit. Uh, and then right next door is Charleston Taekwondo so that we could uh, essentially provide a character development program, a, a physical fitness program for their children and just kind of get two birds with one stone so they can work out at the exact same time. Um, you know, program for the entire family. Yep. Uh, but then those businesses grew pretty quickly and frequency needed more space and, you know, Charleston Taekwondo needed a little bit more room to grow. So we actually split them off and moved uh, Charleston Taekwondo a little bit further away. And uh, we've been open, uh, October 1st will be 10 years now. 10 years. And so um, going from that one, you know, tiny little location, actually before that it was um, a couple days a week at the YMCA. Yes. I right? actually taught at the Park West Rec Center for about six months or so. Got it. Okay. So that's technically like the first location, right? Yes. Um, okay. And then transitioning into that tiny space to what have we done over the last 10 years with Charleston Taekwondo? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, people see our growth and a lot of people think it's kind of an explosive growth, but it was years and years and years of, of putting in the, the ground game and the base work. So we opened, uh, like you said, starting in a rec center and then did some after school programs at the school where I'd go to, to the elementary school and teach kids in a, in a classroom, essentially. And then we opened um, October 1st, 2012. We opened Charleston Taekwondo. Uh, our second location didn't open until 2019. So there's a seven year gap where it was figuring it out, trial by fire, learning the program, learning the systems, learning what works. Um, and then since then, uh, you know, we opened one in 2019, one in 2020, one in 2021. And then uh, we acquired a school this year in 2022. So you now have how many locations? Uh, we have five uh, Taekwondo locations. So five locations across Charleston. And, you know, and one in Lexington, Columbia. Oh, and one in Columbia. Okay, got it. And then how many kids? Do you, do you know how many total students you have? Uh, we float between a thousand and about 1100 students. That's crazy. That's crazy. Is that, I mean, is it crazy to you to think about, or are you just kind of used to it now? Uh, good question. It, it is crazy. Uh, it's, it's just awesome uh, to be able to impact, uh, to know that over a thousand people are coming to our locations every single week, uh, hopefully growing and getting value out of our program. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, but for us, it's always, um, not what's next, but like, how can we do better? Right. Not, not like what's the next thing. It's more of our, how can we impact more people? How can we provide more value? How can we just keep growing? So for us, it's, it is exciting, but we're always looking for the next thing that we can do even better. Right. Right. So talk about, let's circle back to that and dive a little deeper because we, um, I think, I think somewhat similarly when I was learning Taekwondo, I was already, you know, really into adulthood kind of when I started, right. I was 17. Um, you know, you were a little kid. It was, it was a little bit, di it was different from your program, right? It was a lot of like, it was much more physical. It was much more like kind of in your face and like the lessons that were there, but you kind of, you kind of pulled them out yourself. Correct. Almost just like you said, by getting beat up a lot, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and just figure it out, persevere and like figure it out. But you've intentionally built a lot of like character development and, and these sort of mantras and stuff into your program. So what are all those about? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, growing up traditional martial arts is, uh, you know, kind of, uh, Cobra Kai style, right? right? Like you're getting just hammered in with like physical fitness and fighting. And like you said, hopefully you just learn perseverance along the way, but a lot of people quit. It just wasn't for them. And I, you know, when we started Charleston Taekwondo, it was like, oh, how can we do this differently? I wanted to stay instead of using, uh, you know, character development, adding into the program, how do we use Taekwondo? How do we use martial arts to teach people, to teach children, to be uh, better versions of themselves? So for us, our program is a character development program. We just use martial arts. Um, so for us, that is step one. If we're making people, uh, you know, 
I believe that confident children grow up to be confident adults. So if we can increase a child's confidence early on, they're going to have a much more successful life. And that has nothing to do with kicking and punching or fighting or any of that. It's, it's an internal belief in themselves that when things get hard, they can continue to push and keep going. So that right. is the premise of our entire program. Right. And so what's, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I have a nine year, nine year old daughter. You have a little girl, she's three. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure, uh, which actually that's interesting. Interesting. You know, you had your daughter after you already had the kids program. Right. Right. Has that, um, let's actually go down this rabbit hole. Has that shaped how you see the program or, you know, what some of your goals are now having your own little girl and, you know, I assume she'll come up through your program as well. Yeah, absolutely. She just started recently and she's just like any other kid. It's, it's funny. My wife, um, there's days where she's there. She's like, I want to be here. I want to go kick and punch like daddy. And then there's some days that she's like, I don't know. I'm shy. I don't want to be on the floor. People are watching me. And my wife's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, honestly, we see this all the time, especially at three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old stage. Uh, you know, one day they are confident. They're feeling good about themselves. And then one day they're shy or something happens and they're not super confident that day. So for us, it's all about consistency. We tell parents, even on the good days or the bad days, they still need to come to class because it's just putting in, it's like making that deposit into the bank. Yeah. Over enough time, a long enough time, they're going to continue to get better. And, you know, for example, my daughter's been doing swim now for years. I mean, she started when she was six months old. So about three years she's been doing swim. And a lot of people joke, I'm like, well, can she swim? I'm like, you know, she knows the basics of swimming, but it was never about that. For us, it's most kids uh, are scared to jump into the pool, right? They're scared to get in the water. So how do we start her at such a young age that she never learns to be scared of water, right? She's comfortable in it. And that's the same thing with our program is we recommend parents starting their kids at three or four years old because they get so comfortable in public settings and public speaking and being confident. That's just who they are now. Makes total sense. So it sounds like built into your program then, um, you're doing so you have that they have an opportunity to go up and speak in front of people they have an opportunity to to lead a small group like what are some of these specific things that they're doing to build that confidence yeah absolutely so we have our martial arts program and you know they're going to be working the cool thing about martial arts is it's an individual sport but you work in a group atmosphere so even though it's on you you're still a part of a team and a a community which is awesome um so they learn in a group setting but for like belt testings and events they have to come up and perform in front of a group of people and sometimes they do that in a group sometimes they do that by themselves so they're still getting that uh that aspect of building their confidence through performance in front of others. Uh, Going one step deeper, we have our leadership program where we teach our kids to become uh, confident communicators. So they, we have a systematic way to get kids comfortable of leading, you know, one other peer. So just one other person. And then can we grow it to, can they be in front of three people to 10 people to 20? And next thing you know, uh, it's impressive when you see a kid who's five or six years old leading a warm up in you know, a 30 person class, it's, it's very impressive to watch. Right. And you give them, yeah, you've kind of given them that, that initial foundation, you start small, you let them, um, essentially they kind of stack wins. Yes. Right. hundred percent. Um, just like you said, if there's nothing to be afraid of, cause it's just, it's just successful attempt after successful attempt, then there's no reason to, to fear it at all. Exactly. Um, makes a ton of sense. I wish I had done something like that sooner and learned to speak in front of people. Right. Way, way sooner. Cause the, the idea of speaking in front of you know, like people I'm comfortable with, I'm okay with that. But even, uh, just the idea of like speaking in front of a ton of people, all eyes on me, like it still makes me, it yeah. still makes me anxious. I spoke at your wedding. I was nervous as shit at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, I even knew everybody. Yeah. And it's funny because people know me personally. My friends are like, you know, you're, you're, you can be, an, I'm a pretty outgoing person. Uh, but I truly believe that's because I got into martial arts at such a young age right. and was put on that stage of performing all the time. And next thing you know, you're in these, you know, arenas with tens of thousands of people watching you compete. Um, 
I still, I'm a very introverted person, actually. Even like you mentioned to this day, if I go to a networking event and they tell me that I need to, or, you know, go around and meet people, um, I still get those butterflies. But because of the training, because of the experiences I've had as a child, uh, it's just like a light switch. I can turn it on when I need to. I love it, man. I love it. Okay. So um, something we've talked about uh, quite a bit is your, so, so you started this program. Like you said, it's really a kid's uh, character development program to create confident kids. And it's, um, what did you say? It's packaged in martial arts? Is that, is that what you said? Yes, exactly. So, our, yeah, exactly. It's a character development program for kids. We just use martial arts as the medium right. to get as to As the them. medium. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So then your so your, your entrepreneur brain has kind of kicked in, right, in the last couple of years. And, and so you've kind of realized you, you've built five locations. You've built this amazing business, having a huge impact on the community. Um, but then also you've you've found some challenges as well with, with the growth, right? Because you want to continue to have a bigger impact, right? But business wise, you've had to kind of overcome some hurdles. And so what's that been like? And, and then what's come from that? Yeah. So our, our biggest challenges, there's two things that are, I would say our biggest challenges are number one is finding someone that knows martial arts, that's good at martial arts, that wants to work with children and make this a career. Um, there's just not a ton of them out there, right? Martial arts isn't football. It's not basketball. So uh, there's less people for us to choose from that are going to be high quality instructors for our program. And we want to keep that high standard. So that's the first bottleneck. The second one is, you know, I have friends personally that are, hey, I love the program. I love the values. I love what you're doing. But my kid just does not want to do karate. It has n- they have no desire to kick and punch. And I totally understand that. So we basically came up with this new idea, Kids That Win. So we're still offering the same after-school program, summer camps, birthday parties. But instead of kicking and punching, which there might be some of that because some of it is fun, um, ultimately the program is designed to make them more fit, more confident versions of themselves. Got it. Okay. So you have so Kids That Win, you, you dropped it. Right. Yes. Do we have a bomb sound? I feel like there's a, I feel like uh, there's a button I can press over here that does a bomb, but I forget which one it is. Yeah, I don't know which one. Uh, okay, so you dropped it. So kids that win is the it's the new concept. Yes. Um, what's what's going on with that? Is that you know what's the transition like right now? What are the plans? You know what's happening with taekwondo with kids that win like. Where is all that right now? Yeah, absolutely. So Charleston Taekwondo is still doing its thing, five location. That's that's not changing at all. Um, so we're super excited for that. And even to continue growing in that realm as well. Uh, but Kids That Win just opened Clements Ferry in Charleston, South Carolina, first location. Uh, we are gearing up for the back-to-school time frame right now. Um, so we are doing signups, but it really our season for us starts in August uh, every single year. Kids really uh, get into programs usually in August. So that's what we're doing right now. And then ultimately the goal is to – uh, expand throughout Charleston, open more locations, and then potentially franchise this model so that we can be nationwide. Love it. Love it. So talk about, so obviously the, you said there's a little bit of kicking and punching. There's a physical activity component, yeah. right? And so within, so you've changed the vehicle a little bit, right? So Correct. now it's a little more, um, what sorts of things are, do you have the kids doing for the physical activity? Yeah. So we have all kinds of uh, different fun activities. So, you know, they're going to play games, team games like dodgeball. We have Nerf Wars, laser tag, uh, but we're also going to work on their physical fitness. So we're going to teach them how to climb a rope, right? Like how to do rope hangs, how to hang from um, a rig properly, how to hang from rings, um, how to do pull-ups. We teach them basic movements like squats and push-ups and burpees. Uh, but we have a lot of fun stuff too, is uh, we have ninja obstacle courses and warrior courses that the kids can do. Um, so the big things we're going to focus on is their, their confidence. So uh, using our traits to, um, to, to focus on building their confidence, but we're also going to focus on their physical fitness and their balance as well. So creating just an overall more uh, healthy 
you know, better kid. And that, and all those, um, especially when you say, um, you know, all those physical attributes, those will really translate into whatever they want to do later. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then what are the core programs? So you have your, um, your, your regular classes. Yes. Right. And then what else do you guys have going on that you offer at kids that win? Yeah. So we have the traditional, uh, like fun fit classes for kids. We also have our after school program where we transport kids to our facility every single day. They're going to get homework assistance. They're going to get their snack, their character lesson, um, and their class as well. So a lot of fun for parents. We also offer summer camps throughout the summer. Our camps are all day long. Um, and then we also have our birthday parties. Love it, man. Love it. Um, okay. Listen, we have, uh, we got a few minutes left here. We probably have about six minutes or so left. Okay. Couple things. I want to circle back to a few things. So we got into you know the business stuff. We dove right in. Um, I think our brains work similarly. Sometimes like we enjoy talking about that stuff. Yeah. I want to go back though. If you can think about your your personal achievements, um, what what's one that comes to mind that you're most proud of? Just something that you personally achieved. Um, something that I personally achieved. Uh, you know, I'm I'm super proud of the time that I. Uh, was able to spend as a soldier in the U.S. Army. So being able to serve my country, um, different than a lot of people going off to war or doing that type of thing, but just super proud that I was able to use my you know, God-given talents and my work ethic uh, to be able to serve in the in the military as a soldier. I love it, man. How about on the professional side? Yeah, professional side, um, pr- probably my two biggest things I would say. Uh, one, I love giving jobs. I love providing opportunities for people to come in and make what we do a career. So finding good people that are organized, that love kids, that love working with kids, um, offering them careers that, that can change their life essentially and help us change more lives. And then I would say probably my biggest thing is, you know, we started kicking for a cure I think four years ago now. So we raise money for MUSC Children's Hospital. And um, as of last year, we are officially at about $130,000 donated to MUSC Children's Hospital. So for me, that is just super important that we're always giving back to our community. That's amazing, man. That's amazing, man. Um, Okay, what is something about you that not many people know? Now we're getting into the rapid fire stuff. Oh, um, I don't eat fish at all, even though I live in Charleston. So don't eat fish. Um, I love to go fishing. I just don't eat fish. Interesting. That is a uh, an or, interesting or yeah. any seafood. Not even just fish. Just any seafood. Nothing at all. No seafood. Sushi. Whatsoever. Nope. Cooked. Never, uncooked. Doesn't matter. Never tried it. Not doing it. Thirty-seven years old. Never had it. And is it going to stay that way? It's going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Total all weirdo. right. Um, rapid fire. Next question. Do you have a favorite quote? A favorite quote. Yes. Um, I would say my favorite quote is: "The world has a habit of." Uh, making room for the man who knows exactly where he's going. Oh, I like that. I like that. Do you know who said it? I don't. Originally. I don't. All right. It's Googleable. Yeah. All right. Google it. Um, anybody that has anybody or anything that has really influenced you or had a big impact on you? Um, for, for, I would say for me, uh, just martial arts. If I had to, did you say someone or something? Either. Either. Or, yeah. For me, martial arts. Um, yeah, again, you know, I kind of lucked out. I just wanted to be a Ninja Turtle when I was a kid, uh, fell into a good program, and then it literally changed my life. And that's that's one thing I think parents can understand when we're talking to them, and they come in to ask about our program, and I just let them know that, like, this, it, like it literally did change my life. Um, I was a seven-year-old kid starting at a YMCA. Now I'm 37 years old, so 30 years in. Um, I was able to travel the world competing as an athlete in the U.S. military. Now we serve over 1,000 kids in our community every single week. Um, all because I started in a YMCA, you know, 30 years ago. So for me, uh, martial arts has had the biggest impact in my entire life. I love it, man. Where's Donovan in five years? Um, good question. Still in Charleston. Love the area. I'm a local guy. Um, 
I, I love being here. But I would say for me, it is uh, continue to grow Charleston Taekwondo throughout the low country. And then I would like to uh, really be pushing the franchise route for kids that win and impacting kids on a greater scale in the United States. Love it, man. That uh, it sounds like the that sounds like the vehicle to do it. Yeah. So you're definitely on the right path here. Okay. Uh, last couple of questions here. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up. I know you're a busy guy. If you could go back in time to when you first started your business and you could just have a conversation with yourself, the young Donovan, give him some advice. What would you tell him? Um, if I was gonna talk to myself, I would say think bigger. Think bigger. Interesting. Yeah. Go bigger. Go bigger faster. Um, you know, when I first started out for me, again, I, w I went from being a soldier in the United States Army, making $35,000 a year to opening this business. Um, the good news is I didn't, you know, I wasn't married, no kids, really no, not that that's baggage, but I had nothing like uh, responsibilities. responsibilities. There, okay. there you go, better word. Uh, I had no responsibilities at that point. So if I was going to take the risk, that was the time to do it. Um, but for me, if, you know, I'm going for 35000 it's like if I can make $60,000 a year, like this is, uh, that would be life changing to me at that point. So um, I would say think bigger, like out of the gate, just dream big and just get after it. Love it. It's great advice. Great advice. And it's hard to, it's, it's interesting to look back and give yourself that advice, but right. also like in the moment, it's hard to, it's hard to receive that or think that way because you, you only see what you know, or you, right. You only have the vision for what you, you've already seen. Yes, exactly. Uh, it makes a ton of sense. Okay. How about somebody's listening to this podcast? They're inspired by you. They're inspired by what you've done. They're thinking about, you know, taking the plunge themselves. They want to, you know, whatever that may mean, maybe moving to a new town, maybe starting something fresh, getting into business for themselves. What sort of advice would you recommend for them? Yeah, I would say uh, do some soul searching. Entrepreneurship is definitely not for everyone. Uh, but if you believe it is for you, you believe it in your gut, you have this burning desire to, to make a big impact and do your own thing, I would say go for it. For me, it's been the, the best decision I've ever made in my life. Um, and then also I would say, just be consistent. Everyone wants the quick, fast results, especially nowadays, Instagram, you know, TikTok, Facebook, we, it looks like everyone's winning and we're behind the, the, the curve. Um, I don't think that's the case at all. Just stay consistent. Do the same boring work every single day uh, for 10 years and just look up one day and you'll be really happy where you are. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from my mentor was, we overestimate uh, what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can achieve in a decade. Um, so just do the work for a decade and then look up. Phenomenal advice. Phenomenal advice. Um, all right, man, last question. Where can people, if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about Charleston Taekwondo or Kids That Win, uh, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, just Donovan Ryder. That's R-I-D-E-R. -E um, you can also check, uh, check out Charleston Taekwondo or Charleston TKD will pop up. Same thing, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then our new program, Kids That Win. So kidsthatwin.com and uh, check us out. Awesome, man. Well, hey, it has been really a pleasure. We're going to have to do a follow-up here at some point, you know, maybe in a, a year down the road or something. See where you're at, see where all the programs are, and uh, see what you're up to. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Been a blast. See ya. Hey, y'all. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks so much for watching. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to like or follow or subscribe. Whatever platform you're on, just hit the button to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Yep, and please help us grow the channel by sharing it with someone else who might enjoy it as well. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time.